What's up, everyone? Welcome to the NG Ingwen Show. My name is John Drummond, or Yang Haolin. Hi, 大家好，欢迎回到 NG Ingwen。我是 Stephanie。今天的来宾是一位作家、翻译、老师以及冲浪大师。接下来就让我们来欢迎 Matthias. Today, I am joined by an author, a translator, a teacher, a superstar, <laughs> a surfer, a handsome man. Oh yeah! Everyone, please welcome Matthias. So what's up? Good to be here. Good to be here. Good to have you on the show, man. You know, we we were trying to meet. I think it was last week, and you were trying to go surf a typhoon.、Uh, no, I I chose not to surf the typhoon. Yeah. Yes, you chose not to surf the typhoon. No, that I I am not at the level of、uh, big waves. I am a pretty terrible surfer, but I <laughs> I enjoy my time on the waves. So、um, I'm happy that you're trying. Yeah. Yeah. When did that journey begin for you, actually?、Uh, last year. I was writing my master's thesis, and I finished my first draft. And a couple of friends on a Discord were like, "We're going to、uh, Waiau, and does anyone want to come?" And I was just like, "I need some nature. I need some water." They're surfers. I can't surf. Okay, I'll rent a bodyboard. And then I got home that night, and after writing, you know, writing in Chinese for months, I had the best <laughs> night of sleep I had had in ages, just from bobbing in the waves. And then、uh, a month later, I was like, "All right, I'm taking surfing lessons, and、uh, it's addictive." Yeah, I love it. I'm happy to hear.、Yeah. Well, Jayo, I hope you keep it up. And yeah, so cool. Well, I was hoping today we could start with maybe in your own words, a little introduction about who is the man, the myth, the legend. All right, Matias. So my name is Matias Daly. My I got my mom's last name. She's a Daly. My middle name is Swenson. That's my dad's last name. Swedish name. I was born in Stockholm,、uh, but I grew up in Philadelphia and Chicago. Uh, I lived. That's new information to me. Okay, yeah. And I'm a New Zealand citizen. My mom's a Kiwi. <laughs> I'm、okay. a mess. Uh, I lived in China for ten years. Uh, studied Chinese medicine. Did not become a doctor. Uh, became a translator while I was in medical school. Uh, never felt at home in China. Intended to go back to the U.S. after finishing there, but then I visited Taiwan in 2015,、mm-hmm. and I got this weird feeling like I want to live here. Uh, and I thought that was very strange, so I came back in another six months, and I still had that feeling. And I was like, "All right, that clearly, yo yuan fen ba." And、um, so then, in 2018, I I moved out here, and、uh, I have never regretted it. And having all of I just I, like many people love living in Taiwan. It's a great place. Kind of thinking maybe about the career side of things. You've been focusing on translation and teaching, I'd say most primarily, and then. Your book, yeah, which you just wrote, guys, in Chinese, <laughs> yeah, wild. So yeah, maybe maybe start with yeah, kind of what what's the day to day? What are you focusing on? I, I'm a freelance translator, but I get most of my work from the National Palace Museum.、Mm-hmm. Um, so if you go to the museum, you see those little explanations next to paintings. And I always wonder who writes those. I I might have done them. There are other people too.、Um, I translate for the Taipei Chinese Pen. Uh, literary magazine, which is known Zhonghua、uh, Bihui, is the organization,、um, and then some my own books. I'm putting out a book next year that I translated in the U.S.、Uh, from a, a Chinese book called Dan Dao Shi Jiang, which is about Taoist meditation. Yeah, is that meditation? Okay, yeah,、right. cool, man. <clears throat>、um, and I'm also working on a PhD in translation at Shi、uh, Da at NTNU,、mm. and I graduated with a master's from NTU. Uh, last year in the Chinese literature department. 
accolades. Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Big nerd. I love it. No, no. It's oh, it. and I love graffiti, and I'm wearing this shirt here, which is a Taiwanese uh, graffiti brand, which is cool. so, yeah, that, just a passion of mine. Of course, at the legal walls down like in, in, in the, the river parks side, right? by the rivers. Yes. I actually, yeah. I, I, it's funny you say that because when you walked in, I was like, wow, I, I take my dogs to the riverside oh, okay. every day. And I was like, this looks eerily similar to some designs. You may I've have seen, seen so some maybe... of these artists. Oh yeah. my gosh, that's mm -hmm. cool. Shout that. Do you remember any of their names? Oh, this, this, this brand is called Message or Mesa Age. Um, nice. I ain't naming names here. <laughs> it's a secret. <laughs> there we go. Love it. So take us through maybe then the process of writing your first book. Well, you've been published many times, but this is your first full book, original piece in Chinese. What the heck? Well, to be honest, it was my master's thesis okay, so at this NTU is, got it. to start with. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I hoped that it might become a book, but of course I, I wasn't sure. Mm. Uh, so I have been interested in Taoist philosophy and meditation for a lot of years and uh, read a lot of books related to that when I was studying acupuncture. And uh, having the opportunity to do research at NTU was wonderful. I got to spend a lot of time in the special collections at the library, poring over ancient books. I mean, I think the oldest book I touched with my own hands was from the Ming Dynasty. So really ancient uh, manuscripts. That was pretty cool. And then I, I just read enough that I absorbed enough information that I could see where there were problems with modern scholarship. And I decided to write my own reaction to some of the common understandings about Taoist meditation. Mm. Um, and I spent about a Eight, eight or nine months writing it, it writing a thousand characters a day. And I finished in July of last year, <laughs> graduated in August. And uh, I had to change the, the material a little bit after the publisher accepted it. But it's more or less a modified version of my uh, master's thesis will be published as a book uh, this year. Congratulations. Thank that's you. that's Thank really you. a beautiful accomplishment. And yeah, eight months consistently a thousand characters a day <laughs> yeah yeah well not every day that was the goal okay, okay. that was that the, the bench sometimes i quit to... early and went down to 23 and grabbed a beer <laughs> <laughs> nice love 23来宾说他的全名叫matias 他曾经在中国居住了十年，并且在医学院选修了中药。可是后来没有选择当医生。那在医学院的时候，就成为了一名翻译。那是来宾分享他在中国住的时候，他并没有觉得像家的感觉，所以当时正打算回美国。但在二
，所以在做研究的时候，他花了很多时间在图书馆看各种古老的书籍。那他也分享他看过最老的书，应该是明朝时期的。那后来他吸收了足够的资讯之后，他发现了现代学术上的一些问题，所以他决定写下自己的想法。他后来花了八到九个月的时间，每天写超过一千个字。后来在去年七月的时候，终于写完了。他后来内容稍微做了微调之后，就被出版社接受了。那我们来复习一下刚刚来宾跟主持人提到的一些片语跟词汇。那来宾提到的 kiwis，kiwis，k i w i s， 虽然听起来很像是 kiwi 奇异果，但其实纽西兰人会自称 kiwis 的主要原因是因为奇异鸟。那因为它代表着纽西兰的象征。那因为第一次世界大战之后，他们的军人就被称为 kiwis， 所以一直沿用到现在。那第二个就是 John 提到的 accolade，accolade，a c c o l a d e， 意思是赞赏跟荣耀。那第三个就是 acupuncture，acupuncture，a c u p u n c t u r e， 意思就是针灸。那我们继续来听接下来的专访吧。A little bit off topic, but something that maybe we we were discussing off air is. The concept right now that you're doing a ton of translation work, you're really helping people with interpretation and understanding really the feeling behind、mm-hmm. the Chinese language in a way that's accessible for foreigners.、Mm-hmm. With the rise of AI, how are you trying to navigate that now as a translator, as a teacher, as someone who really cares deeply about the human connection of language? For me, it's always been important with translation、uh, that. You have spent time in the culture, in the、yeah. countries of the languages that you're translating. That you know people who grew up speaking those languages. That you know the literature, the aesthetics, the history, the feeling. And so, I spent ten years in China. I've been in Taiwan for over five years. These are both countries with distinct cultures, but where the Mandarin language is widely used. It's not the only language, but it's the major language.、Yeah. Um, and I was always inspired in a way by stories of people like you know Xuanzang, or otherwise known as Tang Sheng, who this historical figure in the Tang Dynasty, who translated、uh, with help a lot of Buddhist sutras, and he spent seventeen years in India in ancient times. You know, imagine that. I mean, I've been in Asia now for fifteen years, so I'm close to the amount of time of Xuanzang, and you you will become a whole different person,、mm. not just once <laughs> or twice, but many times as you spend so long in another culture and. When I translate something that's quite specialized, related to, for example, Taoist or Chan Zen philosophy, you know, I'm not just drawing on a dictionary. I'm not even just drawing on books or articles. I'm drawing on hundreds and hundreds of hours of conversations I've had with people who this is their life,、mm-hmm. and these people are reflecting everything they learned from the hundreds or thousands of hours they spent with their teachers and their own personal life journeys.、Mm-hmm. And when I'm translating about calligraphy for the National Palace Museum, I go and talk to my colleagues there, and they express their passion, their knowledge about not just what this thing hanging on the wall is and what it looks like, but what it means to them, what it means to this culture.、Um, and and at the end of the day, I don't think a robot has the ability to replicate a life journey because you have to have. An identity, a being in the world, a cathartic transformations as a human being as you deal with culture shock、mm. and acclimation and learning a new language.、Mm. You know these these artificial intelligences. We need to put more emphasis on the A. That's what comes first. That's not the I, because they don't really have intelligence in the way that we do. 
because they don't have a life story and they can't i mean no disrespect to robots but yeah the ethics people are gonna (laughs) (laughs) but you know like and i think this relates also to english teaching as well you know i know that there are companies right now that are pushing towards just using ai chatbots or even ai like you know simulated voices simulated faces to communicate but we have to ask ourselves at the end of the day if we go to a museum if we read a book or if we take the trouble to learn another language is it simply to gain another line on a resume you know i have this degree i can speak this language or is it about deepening our connection to other human beings which is the point of language at the end of the day you can say you're learning language to get a better job or to be able to do international business but come on like your your human life is limited. Mm-hmm. You want to make meaningful connections. Yeah. Uh, you want to expose yourself to meaningful art, and I think that that to me is the the human element in the work that I do. And of, of course, I can't guarantee that other people will see that I might get put out of business. But um, hopefully, that's not just a last gasp that I just gave right there. Well, it was a beautiful gasp. <laughs> Thank you. It was very moving, very passionate, very honest, and I agree. I think. You know, so much of what language is, is is diving into the culture and, and passing on the tradition and the history. And and you can't do that with just a, you know, an artificial intelligence reading a manuscript from something and kind of summarizing it for you. Mm. But I digress. The concept there is beautiful. And it makes me think, too, about the work you're doing now as an educator in, I believe you're you're teaching in Mandarin now. Foreign, you're teaching foreigners in Mandarin, is that correct? Or, or I, I, teaching Chinese to them? I, I've just started teaching some Mandarin in Mandarin to foreigners. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Imagine that, guys. Picture that at a coffee shop. Two foreigners. It's a foreigner teaching another foreigner Mandarin. I love it. And it's so cool. So, yeah, so you're really you're embracing still that that human touch. And... Well, and it's fun for me. I don't like teaching English, to be honest, just because I never took proper classes to yeah. become an English teacher. So students will ask me, why is it like this? And I'm like, I don't know. You know, I really don't. My yeah. mom told me that 30-something years ago, and that's just been it. Um, whereas I learned Mandarin as a young adult. So I know what it's like to encounter questions and confusion and to use and a native English speaker's brain to try to struggle through Chinese. And, and it's a pleasure to sort of share that with people who are, are, are walking that same path and they're going down parts of it, tricky, tricky obstacles that I've already been over. And I'm like, Hey, let me help you. That that's fun to share. That's actually a lot of fun. Yeah. It's a, and it's a beautiful way because you're right. The, the, the native speakers, while they have the accent and they have the vocabulary, they don't have the why mm-hmm. for how they learn. And I always talk about that on this show too, is like, you need to be communicating with people who maybe have learned the journey and who can explain mm-hmm. the, the depth and the why and which you have. When you're stuck, you don't ask the native speaker who's like, why do we say this before this? No, right. I, my mom told me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's very, very cool. Well, I love all of that, and I wish you continued success against the the robots and the, <laughs> the bots. You. But I, I believe it. Your passion is there. Your heart is in the right spot. So continue on. 来宾也分享，在这个 AI 崛起的时代，翻译其实注重的是文化上的理解。像他自己就曾经在中国住了十年，在台湾也将近五年。那这两个国家的文化都很明确，而且普遍都使用中文。那来宾也分享，他其实是受到唐僧的启发。因为他在唐朝时期的时候翻译了非常多的佛经，那他也曾经在印度待了十七年
。那像来宾也说，因为他自己也花了十五年的时间在另一个文化当中，所以他知道其实人会随着环境不断的改变。那他也提到，如果要翻译比较特定的内容，像是道教、禅宗之类的话，其实他也不会只透过字典、书籍跟文章当做参考，而是透过他数百个小时累积起来跟其他人的对话。所获得到的资讯，以及别人在他们生活中获得到的资讯。那来宾也说，像他在故宫博物院翻译的时候，那其实都会跟同事聊一聊，他会发现他们会表达他们的热情，并且分享他们拥有的知识，譬如对于他们而言的意义，以及对于这个文化的意义。所以来宾认为，这是机器人无法复制的人生旅途，他们必须在这个世界上有个身份。来宾也认为，这是用在语言教学当中。因为其实现在有很多公司推出了 AI 聊天机器人，但他认为我们必须去思考，我们学习一个语言的原因是什么？我们是为了想要更好看的履历吗？还是其实是为了跟其他人有更深的连接呢？那来宾认为，虽然有人说学习语言是为了找到更好的工作，或是为了跨国生意，但人的生命是有限的，人还是会想要有意义的连接。那来宾目前有在教外国人中文，他说他不喜欢教英文的原因，是因为他没有受过正规的训练。而且当别人问他为什么的时候，他说实话没有办法回答，因为这就是他的母语啊。那反过来的，他的中文是在年轻的时候学习的。而身为外国人的他，也非常能够理解外国人会遇到的疑惑跟困境。那我们来复习一下刚刚来宾跟主持人提到的一些片语跟词汇吧。第一个是 chatbots，chatbots，c h a t b o t s， 意思就是聊天机器人。第二个是 Buddhist sutras。Buddhist sutras, b u d d h i s t, s u t r a s, 意思就是佛经。那我们继续来听接下来的专访吧。But do you mind if we switch gears a little bit、sure. to talk about kind of the eclectic, beautiful journey that you've had、sure, in this sure, life sure. of all living all over the place? But maybe we can start with your Mandarin journey, though,、okay. in the sense of when did that begin? When did you think like actually learning Mandarin might be useful to my journey? When I was 15 years old, I started doing praying mantis, Northern Shaolin Seven Star Praying Mantis Kung Fu, Kung Fu in Chicago,、yeah. uh, with Master Quan Cortez, who opened a, a Wu Guan, a Kung Fu school on the north side of Chicago. And one of his assistant teachers, Sifu Antoine, had said to us, "Shout out!" Si- I hope Antoine, they listen. Hey, he's a great guy. I wonder if he'll see this. Anyway, he said, "Everybody who walks through this school says he's going to end up." Learning Mandarin one day because I said I was going to, but I, I I don't know. I guess that it it just it it put a seed in me. Exposure to Kung Fu led to the exposure to、uh, Chinese philosophy and religion and art, and、uh, eventually I learned about acupuncture and、um, I, I all of these things fascinated me, and I ended up being a Chinese major in my first year of college,、mm-hmm. but I found it too hard, so I switched. Uh, but after I graduated college, the 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 curiosity was still there, and one of my best friends was in Guizhou.、Uh, he's actually Taiwanese born, but he grew up in the states, and he was teaching English in Guizhou,、uh, and he was quite bored and lonely. He's in a very small town,、uh, relatively speaking, and he kept saying, "I can get you a job out here. Why don't you come hang out, teach English, make a little money, <coughs> see China?" And finally, one day, I was like, "Okay." And the next day, he had an invitation, and I went, and、uh, I showed up in this small, small area called Tongren, and almost nobody spoke English there except for my friend,、uh, and it just forced me to like <clears throat> jump into the deep end of the pool and really start learning Chinese, and、um, it was a great 
just exposure mm. to culture and language and i ended up staying much longer than i expected but mm. well shout out all those people along the journey and thinking about that too you know do you remember any pivotal moments with your mandarin where you were challenged or where you were where you really felt you overcame an obstacle or you really leveled up to that next plane it's kind of funny the first time i really felt like i leveled up i had been studying mandarin for about not quite a year and a half, and I bought a phone card. They called them IP ka. So if you wanted to make an nice. international phone call, <laughs> you'd buy these cards mm -hmm. at convenience stores in China, and then you'd dial in a long number, and then it, you could call the U.S. for much cheaper. And this IP ka I bought didn't work. And so I brought it back to the little convenience store, and I wanted to exchange it or return it, and they weren't having it. And I was like, you guys are in the wrong. And I argued with them. And I got kind of mad <laughs> and I won and I was able to express myself. I mean, for any listener who hasn't lived in Beijing, it's a very, as, as someone I know put it, it's a very sharp elbows yeah. culture there. So you really do have to, <clears throat> you got to be back, feisty. Right? Yeah. You got to yeah. be feisty. And I was like, oh, I can do this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that cold weather, you know, yes. people don't take trash. <laughs> no, they don't. No, they don't. <laughs> That's right. So you express yourself in Mandarin. You, you bargained, you negotiated, basically. You pled your case. Yeah. And, yeah. You, and you won. Yes. And I expressed my umbrage. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Well, thinking about your incredible academic journey now with language, with English, really, and with Mandarin, would there be any tips and advice maybe you could share with our audience who are considering learning a another language or are ready for yeah, learning another uh, language? Absolutely. Um, so <laughs> one really great tip I got, uh, I, I sort of combined a tip I got from my father, who's multilingual and a, a very good friend of mine in Beijing. She's an English woman, Kali. Hello. Uh, and so she she has excellent Mandarin. Uh, and and I, her advice was, as soon as you can, when you check the dictionary, do not check a Chinese English dictionary. As soon as your level allows, check Chinese Chinese mm -hmm. definitions because then you will know how this word is defined in a way that a native speaker comprehends it rather than trying to like jam this word into English because the way the way a word is explained in the language that word comes from teaches you way more about that word than just seeing mm -hmm. a close synonym in English. Mm, I love that. Um, and then... <clears throat> My father's advice, which is very time-consuming but uh, very worth, very worthwhile, and, and I'm very grateful for it, was copy definitions by hand. Mm -hmm. And <clears> this, <throat> this way, you will leave a deep impression. It almost becomes muscle memory. And so especially if you're reading a book, if you look up a word, write the definition in the margin. And you might forget it in three days. And that word will come up again. Maybe you, you looked it up on page 10, and then you get to page 50, the word comes back. And you're like, oh! already forgot but you will definitely remember that you looked that word up and that you copied it by hand and you go back and you see the definition in your own handwriting and it, it just it gets deep mm. into your mind mm. and because you're copying like my friend advised the native speaker's way of defining that word just by copying that sentence it sort of becomes your own language mm. so that's one piece of advice <clears throat> and the other one i have is record yourself speaking and listen to it back mm. Especially if you have a textbook that has, uh, I guess they, they won't have a CD anymore, but an MP3 or, or a video with somebody talking. Just choose a short passage, maybe 30 seconds. doesn't need to be longer than a minute. And listen to that person speak that passage. Then pause it and you read the same characters. Mm. 30 seconds, 
one minute, that's enough, and record yourself and then play yourself back. And I, I promise you, the first thing you will think is, oh my God, my Chinese is terrible. Right? But pause it, go back to the beginning, listen to that person again that the textbook provided. See where you could improve. How can you speak more like him or her? Then record yourself again. You will definitely, within one or two tries, make an improvement. And if you spend a half an hour doing this, within a half an hour, if you compare your first recording at five o'clock and your final recording at 5.30, you'll be like, oh my goodness, I've made a huge improvement. And then don't do this again for two weeks. Don't do this every day. Mm. Put it down and just go about your life and then try this again in another two weeks. And you'll be shocked. Like the the improvement you'll make will be will be remarkable and your confidence will go up because you've heard your own voice getting better. And then you won't be worried about do other people hear my voice and think I sound stupid? Do they think I sound funny? Do they think I sound like <laughs> like, like I'm not a native speaker, right? Because you're like, no, 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 I'm getting better. I know I sound okay. And so, you know, that confidence and not feeling afraid to open your mouth in front of people is so key. Mm, I love it. Really, really timeless right there. 来宾说他会接触中文，是因为他在十五岁的时候曾经在芝加哥学过功夫。那当时有个助教叫 Antoine 师傅，曾经跟他们说，只要走进这间学校的人，迟早都会学中文。那当时在他心中种下了一颗种子。也因为接触到功夫的关系，所以接触到了中国哲学、宗教跟艺术，这些都令他非常的着迷。于是，在他的大学的第一年，他选修了中文文学。可惜因为太难了，所以他后来转系了。那后来毕业之后，他还是很好奇。那因为他刚好有一位在贵州教英文的台湾朋友，那因为他在一个相对比较小的镇上，所以就邀请来宾说他可以帮他找工作，所以叫他去贵州赚点钱，顺便来看看中国。那所以有一天他终于答应了，但是到了之后他才发现，除了他的朋友之外，没有人会说英文，因此他不得不开始学习中文。来宾学了一年半的中文之后，才发现自己进步了很多，因为他当时为了打国际电话，必须到当地的便利商店买一张卡。可是他发现无法使用的时候，就回到店里要求退换货。那这时店员就跟他起了冲突。但是后来来宾很清楚地维护了自己的权益，最后赢得了这场争论。那来宾分享，因为北京文化属于比较竞争的地方，所以必须非常的好斗。那来宾也分享，他的朋友跟父亲在他学中文时给了蛮有用的建议，就是当自己的中文程度到达了一定的水准之后，就不要再用中英字典了。相反的，应该去看中文字典的解释，因为这样才能真正的了解字的意思，而不是得到一个英文的同义词。那他的父亲建议就是用手抄这些解释，因为这样就成为肌肉记忆了。那最后来宾也建议大家录下自己说话的声音，并且回放，尤其如果有课本的音档，那可以先听，然后再录。虽然一开始大家都会觉得自己怎么听起来很奇怪或是很难听。但是听完自己的录音后，要去思考如何进步，并且更贴近当地人的说法。就这样子，只要练习一个半小时左右，就会发现自己进步很多喽。那我们来复习一下刚刚来宾跟主持人提到一些片语跟词汇。第一个是 sharp elbows， sharp elbows， s h a r p e l b o w s， 意思是竞争激烈。第二个是 feisty， feisty。F E I S T Y， 意思是好斗。最后一个就是 umbrage，umbrage，U M B R A G E， 意思是不满哦。那我们就谢谢今天的来宾 Matias。It's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Great, Thank you. Thank great you to get、me. to know you more, and 
Where can people maybe read this book of yours? Where can they find you online and reach out if they want to learn from you? Well, I'm I'm not that easy to find online. Um, I figured. Yeah, and I just I'm not. Yeah, I, I'm not really taking that many students right now. If you okay. if you see me and you need me and I'm on the subway, say what's up. Um, nice. Yeah, I'm not I'm not such a big social media user at the moment. Um, however, this book it will be coming out with Xin Wenfeng. Uh, this is the Ergao, the second manuscript. That's what it's going to look like. If you want to read something very nerdy and arcane about Taoist meditation in Chinese, all I can promise you, it will help you fall asleep quickly. Are you going to do an audio book? Uh, <laughs> like, yes, ASMR of me yeah. turning pages. Nice. Yes. Awesome, man. Okay. Very cool. Well, thanks for joining us on the show, and we'll talk to you next time. All right. Peace. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us on the NG Ingwen Show. Please go find Matthias's book or just find him on the subway. I love it. No social media. The man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> or myself, John Drummond, 8-9, or Yang Haolin. All right, everyone. Stay curious. Stay hungry. We'll talk to you next time. Peace.